1: This is the Wesson Walker Show.
2: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
1: Happy Monday to you on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Listen, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize right off of the bat. Any struggles that I might bring to me on this Monday after a weekend full of concerts all throughout the Queen City, I have to apologize. Now, I was going through something at the end of last week, and then I went to the Erika Badu concert last night, and so I'm trying to recover. It's not that I did anything last night. I just have to imagine that the entire city, after Luke Combs performed two straight nights this weekend you also had killer mike in the area blink 182 willie p was at the blink 182 concert erica badu most deaf they were in town last night Wes, it feels like you're the only one that didn't attend a concert this weekend. Yeah, I did not, man. I'm saving mine for
2: (laughs) August, the 50 Cent Show. I'll be at that one. But yeah, no concerts for me this weekend, but an exciting weekend in the Queen City, nonetheless.
1: It really was. I mean, I feel like, depending on what kind of person you are, you had something for your demographic this weekend. Mm -hmm. If you wanted a chill vibe, then you would go to the Badu concert. If you wanted to relive the punk rock stage of your teenage years, you could go to the Blink-182. If you wanted to have a good old night out at a country concert. Luke Holmes took care of you. And then Killer Mike gave you something for the new album on the Michael album that is touring right now. And as you can probably hear, can you guys hear it? Like, can you hear it in my voice? A little that it bit. It just sounds a little bad. A little bit. Yeah, man. I don't want to make this like the flu game, but it's going to be an impressive <laughs> performance. I mean, maybe you can be the Scotty Pippen if you don't mind holding me a little bit as we get off of the court at the end of the show. But I might need a little help from you today, Scotty.
2: All right, man, listen, this is what we're here for. We are a team, so it is not a problem, man. I'm right here. That's why we have two Batman and uh, I guess what's, what's Fiddy? What, oh, I was about to say, I was the very Penguin. interested.
1: Fiddy, what do you want to be? What do you hold yourself as? Do you do you feel like you're a Thor superhero? Are you going to give yourself that high of a praise?
3: I mean, I think it's Iron Man because, you know, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn here. Okay. <laughs> but two two years ago, First, first NCAA tournament I was here. Day after Carolina upset Baylor. I uh, I had a stomach virus that kept me, you know, compromised to the bathroom for well over 18 hours. Oh, I've or heard hardly. this story before. I, I was still <laughs> at work on that Monday. Did, did, didn't miss a beat. Did, did four hours of radio and all that type of stuff. So, you know, Hoggard needs to step his game up. He missed his two-hour radio show today mm, with the bubble out. guts. And for you, like, oh, wow. I, I got, I'm going to struggle <laughs> with you, but... Uh, I mean, I've been down worse, and I was still here. No, no problem.
1: I was gonna. Well, you went to the concert as well. Let's go ahead. We. I don't want to dodge the intro again. Let's pull up to the scene, even if we're a little bit injured. One third of the trio is a little injured today, but it doesn't matter. I got my crutches. I'm still getting uh, off of the bus. Go ahead and open up the doors, Fiddy.
2: We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn!
1: I didn't realize that we'd have a soundbite from one of the musical acts this weekend, but we have one. We have a sports take from the one and only Luke Combs, who was performing a couple of nights over at Bank of America Stadium. Here is Luke Combs on his prediction for the upcoming season for Carolina.
4: What's the anticipation for the
2: season? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) 16-0, 17-0. Bryce is the guy.
1: Wes, I have a question for you. Okay. Is that a bigger exaggeration than Miles Sanders saying on the Mac and Bone show that Andy Dalton is a Hall of Famer? What was the more Ooh. outlandish statement made either by Miles Sanders or Luke Holmes? Well, Luke
2: Holmes should definitely be signing Cap City Records after what he said <laughs> right there. And Then Miles Sanders as well. I don't know which one is worse. If I had to pick one and be decisive, I'm going to go with... Luke Combs' prediction for an undefeated season this year.
1: I'll go with that. Uh, I'm very high on the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if I can agree with that one as well. Um, But at least Luke Combs is keeping it optimistic. And the concert was great, right, Vidi? I was surprised to see that out of all three of us, after you tweeted out the Snapchat story mode where everybody has to watch your concert on your story constantly just to get rid of the notifications, you decided to bring that to Twitter and you put out there your singing ability. If I had remembered, I was going to download it and have you play your singing ability later on today. I did not do that, so I will save the people, um from that torture that might be happening, but how was that uh, concert for you?
3: Man, it was great. It was the second—I po- uh, about said podcast. It's the only second ever concert I've ever been to. But Luke Combs is one of my favorite uh, country artists that is out there right now. So, me and Flounder had a—we had a grand old time. Had some beers, had some uh, more alcoholic beverages. Um, I watched the Met game on my phone while we waited for the concert to begin because. Okay. And I think you experienced this as well. We the second opening act. This oh, guy yeah. would not. This guy would not stop. <laughs> he played for like almost an hour, and like it got very like you could feel the crowd getting very restless. The guy was very good, but when it's like eight fifteen, eight thirty, we've been in the stands since like five forty-five, six. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need you to shut the hell up and bring Luke Combs out of here. So
1: when did the concert say it started, and when did Luke Combs sing his first note? I don't remember. It was really a huge gap though, is what you're saying?
3: It was like it was like thirty ish minutes between whenever the Turnpike Troubadours ended and then Luke Combs came out. So it was I guess it was right about right about nine o'clock. All right, so we've had this
1: question quite a few times and it always gets the text message, uh, the text line popping. We've asked about the best concerts you've ever been to. I wanna know the worst concert experience. Because <laughs> West I went to Eric. You Bandu. didn't have a great one. It's unfortunate because what happened... Yeah, that was my first cough break of the segment. But yeah, it was unfortunate because the concert said it started at 7.30. We got there. The opener was playing, and he was great. And then Most Def took the stage, and he was fine. I loved Auditorium. It's the number one song I wanted to hear, and he gave it to us right off the bat. He gave us My Says. He gave us a couple of Dilla mashups, so that was really cool. Concert started at 7.30. Wes Erykah Badu did not enter the stage until 10 o'clock wow she waited forever and i started to search on twitter yo is this just something she does or is this something where she's is she okay are we stalling we waited forever for erica badu to take the stage constantly waiting constantly waiting to the point where they performed three straight songs without her and we're like where is she i have no clue where she is and then finally she took the stage We couldn't even stay the whole time. We had to leave after about like 70% of the concert. When she took it, it was an amazing show. It was fantastic. But I was already tired. Did she say something slick when she came on the stage? No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She didn't tell us. We didn't even get a heads up yeah. that she was running late or that she was going to take the stage late. It was an hour after most death got done. I don't know if you have a bad concert experience, but that was mine. Either way, though, it was pretty frustrating and put a damper on what was a great show after she took it. But, man, it took a long time to get there.
2: Uh, I would say I saw 50 Cent the first for the first time, when his first album came out, Get Rich or Die Trying, when he was the hottest thing in the world, I think the album had been out for a month, so it was a frenzy. And so they had a concert in Winston-Salem, and at the time, to tell you where he was at, the fact that he came to Winston-Salem, and wow. that it was at the Annex and not the Joel. So the Annex is like the smallest stadium where they would put the women's basketball team for some games. And so... Uh, we had played a game that day and then went to the concert that night and the uh, the floor was there was no seat you just had to stand
1: I, it's such a great I'm <laughs> glad you're bringing this up because we looked up Drake tickets we're not going to go but we looked up the price for tickets to a Drake concert best ticket you can get is $300 a pink concert Wes I had no clue $450, oh, the cheapest yeah, ticket. Yeah. I had no clue. That's, and So Get Rich or Die Trying, I would imagine, was an expensive well, ticket. Well,
2: at the time, he was the album had only been out for a month. So, you know, the tickets weren't bad. And so we go, though, and the thing was, we had played a game that day. So you're a little sore, a little beat up from the game. Then you have to stand on your feet for multiple hours. Uh, Pastor Troy was also part of the concert, which was a big draw for me. Oh, yeah. So me and my teammates as well, we got really crunk when he was on stage. But then after he was done, Fiddy didn't come on for about 45 minutes to an hour. My took bad. took him a while. <laughs> and they kept playing, you know, the noise that they play with the change, spinning around yep. and then falling. They yep. always play for him. 100%. Then they would play that every now and again, and you'd be getting excited thinking that he was coming on, and then he didn't. But then once he came on, he did do his thing. I mean, he, he, he did parts of every song on the album. He did some songs in full, like in the club and stuff like that. But he did every song on the album, at least a part of it. But I mean, you're talking about knees burning,
1: ankles back. If if we had to stand, <laughs> if we had to stand the whole time, Wes, yeah, man. that would have been a terrible, terrible. experience. Yeah. We at least got to sit down. 980, worst concert experiences. I went to see Nas at a club and got thrown out the back door by some dudes and they would not let me back in. I was mad. Got arrested because I wouldn't leave without my money back. That is a bad concert experience. <laughs> going to see Nas at a club, getting thrown out, refusing to leave without your money, and then getting arrested. That is a bad concert. Yeah, that's con- bad, man. That's going to be tough to top. Coach Polly wrote in, Bob Dylan at Davidson College was the worst concert. Mm, Bob Dylan, that's a tough one. 980 said worst concert was Eric Clapton on his From the Cradle tour. Covers of old Blue Standards. Just stood there and played. Said then you... Uh, don't know what he's saying here, but he said just a boring show. So that's tough. Eric Clathen giving you a boring show because that would be great to see him live. And final one, Mr. Research said, went to see Guns N' Roses in Greensboro in 2006. It was just Axl Rose and a whole new lineup. They did not take the stage until 10 minutes after midnight. Oh! After the opener ended at 9. Oh my goodness. I... I, w- I would be I don't livid. know if I could I'd be stayed. livid. I was talking with my girlfriend at the time, like, do we just need to leave? Yeah, I mean, and we didn't even wait long as long as Mr. Research had to for Guns N' Roses. If you don't take the stage until ten minutes after midnight, I'm furious. I mean, i'm I'm swinging mad at that point. and you don't want to just sacrifice your money and light it on fire and have to leave without seeing the person you came to go see, but I don't know what to do at that point, man. That's tough, because you're not getting your money back.
2: Yeah, the Rick Ross show I went to last summer, they had at least five to six opening acts. I was tired of it. Yeah. I was sitting there like, okay, I get it if you have two maybe, but there was legit like five to six opening acts. It was
1: so annoying. Michael from Knoxville. Earlier this year, Badu showed up several hours late when I went to see her. I ended up leaving. Erica, you were great when you were on the stage, but here I am complaining after an hour. I feel much better after seeing some of these other people and how long they had to wait. Maybe I'm just complaining for no reason. You can keep texting them in. We got a lot of bad concert experiences. We did have a fantastic Wimbledon final. I know Wes was locked in and I guess we can get to some Carolina Panthers news on the other side of the break. Lots to get to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqal and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We have another team week for you. First one was good. We wrapped up our conversation on ECU. Steve Logan, great interview. Had a whole bunch of analysis looking at the recent history of what ECU was able to accomplish. We talked about this upcoming offensive unit, defensive unit. It's a great primer for college football season that will end because we timed it out that way. Because we're that dynamic. We timed it out as soon as we would get to Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina kicking off. That is when our team weeks will all end, taking a look at nine different programs within the Carolinas. So that should be a lot of fun. It's App State week this week, so we'll take a look at recent history. In just a moment. I did want to get to some more bad concert experiences, though. I didn't realize that there would be this much activity on the text line, too. But there's a lot. People got some bad experiences going to some of these concerts. Number one troll said went to PNC to see Willie Nelson and Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill didn't come out because his throat hurt. That happened with Axl Rose one time. I think, and everybody was really mad about Axl Rose because he was just partying too much, and then his throat hurt, and mm. so he didn't come out and sing. And I know a lot of people were mad about that. Somebody actually had a Guns N' Roses mention in here as well. I talked about the price for a Drake concert being 350 Bagel Guy wrote in, 350 actually isn't bad for Drake. He dropped 450 $4. cash, homie. $450 apiece. For Beyonce in Charlotte. Now, I'm not surprised about that, though, right? Like, if you were to say, rank the artist that probably have the most expensive ticket on average, I don't know if I would give you anybody above Beyonce. Yeah. Because she's that popular. The Beehive, it runs strong. So I don't know who else I would give you over Beyonce that, yeah, that, that would be at least in your top five guesses for a most expensive ticket. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is the number one. Taylor yeah. Swift is number one, especially yeah. with the whole Ticketmaster thing.
2: Yeah, I'd go Taylor Swift. But, yeah, concert tickets have gotten out of control, man. Just like <laughs> sneakers it's just gotten to the point where it just hits the market and they're just crazy. No way am mm-hmm. I paying 350 I mean, I don't care for Drake like that anyway, but 350 right. to see Drake. like You got to give me some entertainment value, some stage presence. Not to say that he's not – great on stage but just a lot of rappers for the most part man they walk back and forth and do their songs like you gotta give me something
1: I I mean maybe I was spoiled too because I got to see Kendrick Lamar my first concert ever was good kid mad city he was fantastic and then Pusha T at the Fillmore I've talked about it a bunch but I mean a mind blowing show stage presence was amazing gave you all the hits gave you the new album was so interactive Pusha was just a a monster and the Fillmore is a really cool environment too when you're closer to the stage like that so it was really cool. A couple more texts I wanted to get to just real quickly. We have another arrest at a concert. <laughs> These are our listeners, man. I love it. Big Puddin' from East Tennessee. He said, I got arrested at a Jimmy Buffett concert, and it wasn't my worst experience. Never a huge Dave Matthews fan, but took my wife for her birthday. I know his stuff. Just don't go crazy for it. He played one hit. The rest was a jam session, and a bunch of his B-sides can't stand it when the performers are above playing what got them where they are. I went to a Dave Matthews concert with my girlfriend. She's a huge fan. Got a couple of hits, and it was fun. But I could see how if you don't know the person you're going to see and they don't play the hits, I could see how that would be frustrating.
2: Oh, yeah. It could definitely be frustrating. And then the 704 number, which was what I was going to say, said that DMX was great live. He's the best I've ever seen. Uh, live on on concert i saw him three times and i thought that he was was super dope and then it was funny too another 704 number said that carl thomas was an hour late and only did two songs so that's probably why uh you hear from (laughs) carl thomas not too much longer after that run he had
1: uh 607 eddie vetter was so messed up one time that he wasn't able to stand or mumble that's tough going to see a pearl jam concert eddie vetter just ain't right That's really tough. And the last one, 704, who went to the concert last night. Walker, did you get a contact high from all the weed smoking at the concert last night? OMG, the concert was good, not great, but the people below ruined the experience for me and my lady. Yeah, I knew it was going to get like that when Erica mid-song asked if anybody had a light. She was on stage smoking at the Spectrum Center. Yeah, man. You know that's Badu. And I think her oh, being yeah. late kind of
2: plays into her mystique as well. So when you said that, it didn't really surprise me. I, and mean, I could see that being on brand for Erica yeah. Badu. She's just a different
1: different type of one And she came in the witch outfit too. You yeah. know, she had the hat, she had the big extravagant um, but again. I when she was performing, it was absolutely crazy. All right, let's go to a little bit more of the sports topic, shall we, because we did have some news take place this weekend. Darren Gant of the Carolina Panthers and their website panthers.com. He reported that the Panthers have made an offer, an official offer to Brian Burns, but we don't know the numbers. It has not been agreed to, of course, yet. And we could see this actually play out a little longer, Wes, because the market, it's not done. We could see some other edge rushers out there getting some money, and that'll be interesting to see how that might affect Brian Burns. Yes. These negotiations have always seemed in good faith. We have not heard of any problems whatsoever. We haven't heard of any potential holdout. Brian Burns has been alongside his teammates at any team function you can for instance this is not a Saquon Barkley situation where he's got the franchise tag we'll see what happens with him at the end of the day if he does not agree to a deal with the Giants then you know we'll see what happens with that tag the exact opposite everything we've heard has been about how much the Carolina Panthers value Brian Burns, and so I expect it to go along. What kind of numbers do you think we're talking here, Wes, and what kind of timeline are we talking as well?
2: Um, Man, I think that when you look at it, it's, it's so interesting because it depends on how he wants to play it because of the leverage he has. We know the trades that the Panthers had. For him, we know the stats that he's been putting up, so he definitely has a lot of leverage when you're talking about the Panthers. And so when you look at T.J. Watt sitting there at $28 million, his average salary per year, well, he has two less sacks than T.J. Watt over the last two seasons, so he could maybe go in there with that. I know he doesn't have a 22-and-a-half sack season, but he could also use that uh, in his favor. Um, you know, three straight seasons of nine or more sacks. But I think that, man, if I'm if I'm him, and I think the offer probably, especially for starters, I think it's going to come in a little bit above Miles Garrett. I would say probably 26 to 26 and a half average per year, I would say is what the offer would be if I were to guess that. And then I would say the total guaranteed, when you look at the best in the business, I mean, oof, million Miles Garrett has. So I think his contract is probably the starting place. I'd go... His fully guaranteed is 50. I would say probably about 60 or so for Burns fully guaranteed, and then probably 26 to 26 and a half average.
1: Well, and and look, yeah, the the guaranteed matters, right? We know how much the contracts can get a little dicey trying to figure out the true value of it. But he, in bottom lines, I'm just gonna keep it simple. He's gonna get top five edge rusher money. He's gonna call for it. He's young enough. He has that kind of production as a See, 25 I say top year old. Three. Yeah, right. I mean, you're you're probably right, Wes. I mean, he's going to get at least top five money annually. And with T.J. Watt, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett being those guys at the top, Khalil Mack, Max Crosby, just to end the top five, you could argue that Khalil Mack, is on the downside, or I don't even know about his twilight. Right? I mean, Khalil Mack is still yeah, a beast. He's on a decline, but he's—I don't know about his. Maybe he's still in his prime, but you get the idea. I, people haven't even talked about Brian Burns reaching his prime yet. We still think there is more room for him to grow, and he's already a two-time Pro Bowler. So, if you want to pay him for what he could become and what he's already accomplished, he's going to get big-time money. When the Carolina Panthers turned down a trade for. Multiple first round picks and even a second round pick, Wes, you always knew this thing was going to get done. This is not the time where Carolina can choose to be, you know, drawing a hard line in the sand. We're not going over this. Yeah, I mean, you kind of showed your cards. He plays a premium position. Yes. He's a really good player at that spot. He's going to get top money at the edge rusher position.
2: Well, I mean, the charges, man, when they gave Joey Bosa that money, you talk about in good faith. Because if I'm Brian Burns, yeah. I'm looking at that Joey Bosa deal and I'm like, I, I need that. Because he's at when you look at a twenty-one and a half over the last three seasons. Brian Burns has twenty-one and a half over the last two seasons. His numbers are definitely uh looking better than Bosa's over the last two. This guy's the number two in the league when you talk about twenty seven million uh average salary. He's got 102 million total guaranteed, 135 total value. If I'm Brian Burns, that's what we're starting this conversation because he's been putting up better numbers than him. So I think that if I'm him, this could this could hedge towards a holdout unless the Panthers are just willing to just adhere to his demands. But I think that that Joey Bosa contract is definitely the one that he's going to – that that he should shoot for, in my opinion, because his numbers are better.
1: Uh, I think he's a better player at this point. So, yeah. I mean, if the Panthers are – I mean, look, as I've mentioned, it doesn't look like there's any problems right now between the two sides. But it could get that way. You're right. I mean, I guess a potential holdout could get that way if Burns feels slighted enough. I – just everything that we've led up to, it doesn't seem like that's a problem right now. I don't know what the chances of that are happening. You, you can look up you know, what the situation is surrounding Burns. He's making $16 million right now in base salary, and the Panthers could use a franchise tag on him in the offseason if they're unable to agree on a deal. I just don't know if Carolina right now is going to be the team that dry, that draws this hard line and says, well, we're not going to negotiate at all anymore on this. And maybe Burns decided, hey, I want more than what was originally expected. He did say, we did hear him talk about how he wants to be one of the highest paid edge rushers in the league. We didn't. He didn't say top five. He didn't say top three. He didn't give us a number. But maybe they're offering him money that doesn't make him a top three guy. And that's what he's shooting for. I, I just... I just don't think it's going to happen. Wes, I just don't think we're going to get a hold out. I don't think that this is going to get real ugly here soon. What say you?
2: I mean, I'm looking right now because I wanted to look up what Nick Bosa about Niners are talking about giving him, and I mean, they said right now, PFF says we think a contract in the ballpark of five years, 167 and a half million, 33 and a half million per year. So if you're Brian Burns and you wait on him to get that, mm-hmm. and he sets the market at 33 and a half at the top, I think he's going over that. TJ Watt at 28, I think he says, listen, I want to come in at 29.30.
1: Yeah, here's what's interesting about that. I'm glad you brought that up. We talked about this with Pat Mahomes, where we talked about Pat Mahomes setting the market. Mm -hmm. The thing about Pat Mahomes agreeing to a contract, it's not like any other QB in the NFL can go to their team and say, well, Pat Mahomes got this. I think I deserve to be that. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks you're Pat Mahomes. Sure, It's not Pat Mahomes level gap between the other quarterbacks in the league. But we can all agree Brian Burns is not Nick Bosa. No, he's not. He's not. And so if he's not gonna make thirty three, but you're right. You could set up the, you know, second, third, because you do start to move the the gap a little bit towards the top of the of the line and who's making the most money. So no, you're not gonna give Brian Burns thirty three million and make it on par with what Nick Bosa is making. But yeah, perhaps he does become the second highest paid guy yeah. after Nick Bosa. That's absolutely feasible. That could absolutely happen with this Carolina Panthers
2: team. He's got so much going in his corner. The trade You look at the Panthers ranking near the bottom of the league in sacks, the fact that he has, uh, he's their leading sacker by a large margin. Without Brian Burns, you got no password. Sorry. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest thing that he could sit at home and be like, oh, you don't want to pay me? All right, I'll chill. And then you just go out there, and the quarterbacks can knit sweaters, call it girls, cook a steak, all that, while they figure out which receiver they want to find down the field. <laughs> so that's why I think that at this Isn't point, that order? Yeah, knit yeah, sweater, knit a sweater, call your mom, yeah. call your girl, and then get, get something, steak, on the and I'm the, like, oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah, that's Tyreek Hill streaking <laughs> down the field. Got you, buddy. Let's go. So I think that that's why I say, I think at this point he waits for Bosa to get his money and then they're going to come in somewhere under that mm-hmm. and just they're going to reset this market for the edge rushers man him and him and Nick Bosa
1: how much do you think the panthers balk at that
2: i they can all they want but they don't have a lot of room to. if if you got a got another side if you have a hassan reddick on the other yeah. side, and you can say, oh, okay, well, whatever. We can just roll with Hassan. We'll trade you or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is the Panthers' pass rush. There's no pass rush in Carolina without zero out there. So he can be able to do that. His worth has already been shown by them passing up two first-round picks for him. So he has all the leverage in his corner to come in right under Nick Bosa, regardless if you feel like he deserves it or not. It's not about what they say. It's what they'll pay you. It's what it's, what's the saying goes. I don't know what you're looking for. It's not
1: about um. I don't know what you're looking for. You're worth what you negotiate. <laughs> I was trying to help you. I was searching in my brain. <laughs> There's somewhere. more phrases as well. It was, it I'll was, find them. It was, com- it was coming up empty. We can look for some phrases that might uh, be attributed here. Did you have
3: something over there, flea market GM? I just think what I, what I took away from Wes was that there is zero pastures without zero on the field. I, I know that was good. That
1: was yeah, a good one. No, it, it. I thought about it as well. I'm glad you brought the drums. Thank you for putting some emphasis on it. Yes. For those that don't know, in case you missed it, Brian Burns is changing his number to zero and it looks fantastic. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention about Brian Burns. So you turn down the the trade offer for multiple picks, multiple first rounders. It's a lot coming in return. You could have this fallacy of sunk cost where you are just the person that is You know, oh, well, I'm already all the way in on this pot. You know, I'm just going to keep betting and bluffing and bluffing and keep betting. And then in the end, you'd lose a lot more where you could get out from a bad mistake if you consider not trading Brian Burns at the time you could a Mm -hmm. bad mistake. If you consider that a mistake, then you don't have to sign him here and you could still trade him at some point and we could see what happens. Um, I just. I just don't think it's going to get to that. And it would be some pretty questionable decision-making from that front office. West where this entire off season, we have been commending them not only for the coaching staff, but Wes, the, the most questioned move they made was Miles Sanders. And it's not even that big of a deal, right? Like it's, It's the most money that any running back got paid this offseason, but that's this is the first offseason I can remember where the whole running backs don't matter mantra truly infiltrated decision-making. It has. It it really did this offseason. So with that being the most questioned move, and maybe you didn't like Bryce Young as the top pick, but most people do, if, if you turned down trades last season and you don't, pay brian burns going forward that's going to be some pretty questionable decision making but i don't expect it to get there you know that that's ultimately what we keep coming back to i don't expect it to get there brian burns is going to be a long time panther and we'll just see when all of this uh takes place because it could take place any minute to be honest with
2: you yeah i mean and i think it'll be fine because at the end of the day the panthers have a rookie quarterback and that is the benefits of having a rookie back there's that you can pay your guys just like with the 49ers uh, they have Brock Purdy that they're paying next to nothing to as far as in the context of NFL contracts so that they can afford to pay him something like that. So with the Panthers having Bryce Young on the hook for five seasons at rookie money, they can afford to give Brian Burns that deal. And that deal be pretty much done. And they restructure, do whatever they need to do uh, before Bryce Young even has to come back to the table.
1: All right. uh horse show dad, horse show, dad or Jaybo. All of them. Man, there's a bunch of great nicknames there. They wrote in West, the saying is, in this world you do not get what you deserve. You get what you can negotiate. So he's helping us out. There Thank you go. You. I yeah, that. yeah, I appreciate that from J All right, Fiddy. I'm struggling. Fiddy <laughs> Flash, hurry, please. It's all right. Be a little fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty. Why? Coughing Walker. And... Yeah, you love it. You always laugh anytime I have these <laughs> moments. You love struggling Walker turning off his mic.
3: Um, we did not get to this and getting off the bus, so I figured I'd bring it back here. Epic Wimbledon final yesterday afternoon at the All-England Club. And Carlos Alcaraz dethroning Novak Djokovic, despite losing the first set 6-1. He won the second set 7-6 in a tie break. He won the third set 6-1. He dropped the 4th, 6-3, but came back and won the 5th and and, and decisive set, 6-4. Walker, you're a tennis guy. I'm a tennis guy. Even Wes was locked in. In my (laughs) 15-plus years of watching tennis – this might have been the second or third best final I've ever watched. I think I think it's the second. I'm with you.
1: I think 2019 was still more impressive because you had Roger Federer at the very end, almost getting his last major within one point of winning that Wimbledon. But Djokovic wouldn't let it happen. Here, I don't necessarily think there's this passing of the baton off. Like, this didn't seem like an old man moment because we talked last week that he— Djokovic might have been playing his best tennis this is not some father time got the best of Djokovic type of play this was Alcaraz hitting monster shot after monster forehand after it is monster forehand lob. Is ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy it's absolutely not I would love to talk about this more if Wes will allow us to a little bit later on in the show but the Wimbledon final it was one of the better matches that I have ever seen in my entire life fifth set had everything, roller coaster of emotions. It was fantastic.
2: Uh, I don't mind. You guys make time for my wrestling and boxing. <laughs> you man. know, you guys don't contribute much to the boxing. That's correct. Uh, but not to steal your shine and your segment, Fitty. but uh, some breaking news coming down. NC State just picked up out of the transfer portal. Football-wise, Rice transfer Bradley Rosner, a 6'5", 205-pound receiver that had 876 yards and 10 touchdowns last season at Rice. So that's a huge pickup for NC State that need some big-time wide receiver.
1: All right, so there's an Etsy State update. Had a little analysis on the Wimbledon final. Let's talk more college football. On the other side, Mount Rushmore, it continues. This time we're talking cornerbacks. It's all on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: Fitty reminded me of something Flounder said on air that both of us took issue with. Flounder filling in for Colin Hoggard on Charlotte Sports today. I was listening to this too, Fitty. We were talking about the Wimbledon final. They were talking about Wimbledon. And then Flounder talked about the harder sport to play, whether it's golf, whether it's tennis, whatever. That's not really what I'm interested in debating, right? You know, you can have different arguments for whatever. But Flounder felt pretty confident, That he could return a serve, not from a professional, not Novak Djokovic or anybody, because he's at least a little humble. There is a little uh, bit of humility there from Flounder. But he said that he thinks he could return a serve from some of the players at a tennis club or a country club, something like that. People that do play tennis regularly that aren't professionals. Now, I'm telling you, it's hard. I've said it a million times. We talked about... How Wes, our significant others just do not care about their titles or scholarships that they were uh, that they earned. And it's beyond us. It's beyond us. Like, it's what we wanted. You got a scholarship. You played football. I didn't. I'm (laughs) I didn't do anything right. The fact that we went out there to a tennis court one time and if she wanted to, she could serve every single tennis ball right past me, Ace, smoking me. You don't feel like flounder could return to serve from some of the better players at a country club, right, Fitty?
3: It's not even a feel, like it's it's a fact. <laughs> like like the guy walks down the hole and, 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 and you know he, he needs uh Uh-oh. What, <laughs> what, is, what is this uh-oh? You know he 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 needs an oxygen tank like Okay. It's and look, I've tried going out with my dad and trying to just hit the ball back and forth. Yeah. Like if we if we hit it back and forth twice, we deem that a good rally. Yeah, great rally. Yep, just a couple times back and forth, 100%. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's the thing. that like, When people scoff at tennis, I don't think they understand just how damn hard that sport
1: is. It's, it's hard. It's really hard, especially to get some speed on it. Now, Wes, to transfer into the next topic, do you think outside of quarterback, playing cornerback— is the hardest position to play on an NFL field? Man,
2: yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would say the most difficult. I need to think about it. It's definitely up there, though. Just the fact of you are just reacting the entire time and your instincts and so many things have to be on point for you Mm -hmm. to be successful. And the fact that you know there are times you're going to be beat and you just have to forget about
1: it. Yeah, it's got to be tough. We'll get to the Mount Rushmore in a second. Sam Forber, uh, Sam Farber, Hornets play-by-play announcer, just texted me and said, am I hearing the makings of a WFNZ Open instead of the U.S. Open, Wimbledon? Can we get a WFNZ Open? He said, count me in, but I want to be a top seed. Would be more interesting and less gross than toe wrestling. And then after hearing our conversation, he said, yeah, definitely I'm the number one seed. So a little trash talk from Sam. Look at Sam coming in, pumping his chest, saying he should be the number one seed. Edgy Sam Farber, I'm here for it. I want to know who the top four cornerbacks in ACC history are. Let's do that right now. Mount Rushmore, give us your first cornerback on the list, Wes. Let's open up with the Mount Rushmore on cornerback.
2: Yes, you can check these out on the ACCDN on all platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. We do some cool reels on Instagram that you can check out on those, but the first one, Out of Clemson University, played from 1985 to 1988, Donnell Wolford. He was a two-time first-team All-American and a member of the first-team ACC all-time team,
1: according to ESPN. You said who? Donnell Wolford? Yes. Do you know that name, Fitty? Should I know this name? Y'all young puppies, (laughs) man.
2: Y'all know nothing about that. I I had uh... his
1: football cards, if I'm not mistaken, because I think he played for the— Steelers. This one hurts me a little bit. I hate admitting that I don't know the guy, but this is this is one of those moments. Yeah, he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had his football cards when I was a kid. All right, can't argue it. It's the second Mount Rushmore <laughs> that I really don't have any argument against it. Next one, Wes, who you got? The next one out of Fitti's favorite school. Mm-hmm. Played from 1996 through
2: 1988, but he rags on this man a lot for his coaching acumen. (laughs) But as a player, there was none better. He might be the greatest ACC corner of all time. Dre Bly out of North Carolina. He was a 2014 College Football Hall of Fame inductee and a member of the ACC's 50th anniversary team and also a three-time first-team All-American. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he is the only ACC player to ever have that accomplishment.
1: this is it's it's interesting because many people were texting andre Bly, one of the bigger local legends where at north carolina he was absolutely fantastic only quote unquote only two-time pro bowl cornerback in the nfl so not quite as good as at the next level as he was in college but still really impressive and you're right he probably is the number one guy i'd go with Wes, as the best acc corner you tell he had
2: me a 10-interception season. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Crazy. It was him and Charles Woodson were the two best in college football when yeah. they were in school. But, yeah, Dre Bly had to give it up, man. He was something else.
1: So maybe there is another person that we could argue about being the number one guy. You tell me some of these other uh, candidates was.
2: All right. The next one uh, comes from my school, but I am not very proud of this guy. He's uh, just, to put it short, a scumbag of a human. And oh, wow. I didn't know that. Document it. But uh, Alfonso Smith. From Wake Forest from 2005 to 2008, uh, he was a two time first team All American and he has 21 career interceptions.
1: That is the most in ACC history okay we don't have to at all look anymore into Alfonso smith he is on mount rushmore but we don't want to talk about it anymore who's the last one on the mountain west uh jalen ramsey from florida state oh yeah
2: 2013 to 2015 he's a 2015 consensus first team all american also a member of the 21st century team according to bleacher report and got the natty he was a pup on that national championship team in 2013.
1: Um, Jalen Ramsey was one of the guys that everyone was talking about should go higher than even his fifth draft spot. That was one where you drafted him fifth overall, and it still didn't seem high enough, Wes. Mm -hmm. He was amazing at Florida State. He was good immediately stepping onto the NFL field, and now we've seen him be one of the better NFL cornerbacks since he entered the National Football League. Went it out of Jacksonville, but was great for the Rams when he played for them. It just didn't feel like you could draft him high enough. And to get him at number five, I believe, is where Jacksonville drafted him. Just an absolute stud.
2: Yeah, and then our honorable mentions, we have Bill Armstrong, also uh, out of Wake Forest. He's a member of the 50th anniversary team, a two-time All-American. We've got Rondé Barber on there out of Virginia, second team ACC all-time team. Member he was. And then we have Lamarcus Joyner out of Florida State, also uh, a national champion on that team. A little guy played corner and safety, was a big time player in Tallahassee.
1: I'm going to ask Fidya a question. This would be a debate every once in a while, but Dallas drafts Ezekiel Elliott, number four. Now we think he might be coming back to Dallas. But do you think that was still the right draft pick, even with Jalen Ramsey going at number five, um, despite Ezekiel you know, not being in his prime anymore, and Jalen Ramsey's still a very good corner?
3: I mean, I think if you could predict that Tony Romo doesn't get hurt, maybe you, you, you draft Jalen Ramsey, but with Romo getting hurt, you had a rookie mm-hmm. quarterback, you needed a running game, and Zeke, I think, led the league in rushing as a rookie, was the, the rookie of the year and all that type of stuff, so... It was still the right pick for that situation for the Cowboys.
1: Um, by the way, Wes, you can tell the people that are asking for prime time yes. did it, not play in the ACC.
2: Did not play in ACC. The Noles were an independent when he was in Tallahassee, so that is why... He is not on the list, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It is the best rule there. If you didn't play in the ACC at the time, then you are not eligible for Mount Rushmore's in the ACC. It's that simple. Wes, he'll let you know all about Mount Rushmore's. You can catch him on his Twitter and a bunch of different social media accounts. Wes Bryant underscore 72. That's right. Also doing a ton of stuff for the ACC Digital Network. We're doing a ton of stuff here on a Monday. Still lots more to get to. Charlotte Hornets Summer League. It is over. And... We launch App State Team Week. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.